0: let's uh let's take a little ride trout am i right sturgeon i don't think so pal salmon i'm gonna say that again salmon who thought that was a good idea right bass this guy over here knows what i'm talking about halibut thank you good night Welcome to welcome to Storybrook. I'm Max, and I'm Tina. And right now we're sort of between uh, books.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a weird interlude where we're gonna wrap up some loose threads from the last plot line and set up the next plot line. But nothing really gets moving yet. Although I am super excited about the plot line we're setting up. So I still am kind of excited about this episode.
0: Going by our tradition, Annihilation is officially over and this is the beginning of the new book. We don't have a name for it yet but this is book six chapter one or in the common tongue.
1: Season four episode 12 heroes and villains.
0: Or in other words this is the author season. Although it has a kind of dark willow thing where we are dealing with different villains up until the end of the season oh
1: my god it's so the willow thing because we have the trio
0: yeah yep well done ish i mean depending <laughs> on depending on your your feelings about season six which you know this actually has a lot of elements of the sixth season of Buffy because it's got some really high highs and some incredibly low lows so, speaking of Once Upon a Time, which we were at one point, there are some elements of Ingrid's magic that are still sticking around town, even though she curploded herself.
1: Yeah, it's funny how the only way to stop the Spell of Shattered Sight was to kill her, but that didn't undo her other spells, like the Wall of Ice around the town.
0: But it really inconsistently didn't undo her other spells.
1: Well, the wall of ice that Elsa was unable to bring down before, she can bring down with no difficulty now. So Ingrid's death clearly had some effect, even though the ice wall is still there.
0: Yeah, it inconsistently affected magic. And Anna, who, as we have established, is not the sharpest light bulb in the drawer, immediately runs to go over the town line so she can go home. And Emma's like, wait, 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 wait. This is literally never worked. Even leaving Storybrooke has never worked out for anyone.
1: Good on Emma to have picked up some genre savvy from her son.
0: Yeah. And she walks over and she uses detect magic.
1: Well, okay. that is kind of, That does kind of look like what she's doing. But what she's really doing is the sci-fi thing or sometimes fantasy thing. Where you put your hand up against the invisible barrier, and then it, like, flashes so that you know the invisible barrier is there.
0: But somehow she can tell by touching this mystical barrier that if you leave Storybrook, you can never come back.
1: Oh, so I guess she was doing detect magic. Never mind, I take it back. That's, that's totally what she was doing.
0: Weirdly specific, But it was dumb of Anna to think that she could just run home from this completely different country in a completely different dimension.
1: Well, I think you've mentioned how easy it is to get between Arendelle and the Enchanted Forest. So why would she think it would be difficult to get from here back to Arendelle?
0: True. And Elsa's like, calm down, we're not really in a rush to get back to Arendelle. And Anna's like, ooh, about that.
1: Yeah, it turns out Hans and his brothers kind of took over so we should go stop that
0: and elsa's like god damn it i was gone for like five minutes
1: annoyingly spoiler alert for the end of this episode that's gonna be solved off screen and we will never see hans and his brothers again
0: Oh yeah, this show is really pushing Anna and Elsa out the door. They're like, thanks for the best season we've had since season one, but we're never going to see your asses ever again.
1: They're like, we're going to acknowledge that we left some things unwrapped up, and then we're going to wrap them up in one line of dialogue.
0: This is going to be like, I I feel like Charmed is our new go-to reference point. This is going to be like the last episode of Charmed, where two of the main actresses didn't feel like showing up. (laughs) So it's just Holly Marie Combs talking about what happened to everyone?
1: Oh yeah, that is how Charmed ends. You know, I was thinking, we've been talking about doing Welcome to the Hellmouth, mm. but I really think there's a lot of really great Buffy podcasts out there. And I think what we could really add to the discourse is Welcome to Hollowell Manor. Oof. After we're done with Once Upon a Time, Welcome to Hollowell Manor.
0: Thoughts? Opinions? But anyway... Uh, Rumple is using his, gosh, meat walkie-talkie to spy in on this. You might remember he has Hook's heart.
1: And he uses it to summon Hook back to him. Now, Max, I couldn't help but notice that the prop heart that he's holding has, like, black, cloudy stuff inside of it to signify that Hook is not, in fact, pure of heart. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that? Uh,
0: I didn't. I noticed... Last time when it didn't, it does now. I think that's because we get Ursula in this season. And now we've been pretty easy on Hook because, let's face it, a lot of the evil stuff he did is really... Even going by the morality of Once Upon a Time, he's really not worse than David.
1: Oh, he's definitely not worse than David.
0: But... What we find out, his past with Ursula definitely uh, leans pretty heavily villain.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, this isn't I'm trying to get revenge for my murdered love or I'm trying to overthrow the evil government that got my brother killed so they could commit genocide, which were his previous villain motivations.
1: Now, I mean, he did attack Belle to get back at Rumple, and that's evil. Yeah. I that's wrong. That has wiped hook out as a conceivable love interest for me. I just wanted to bring up that there's darkness in his heart, both because it's not consistent with what we saw before, and because of something we're going to see in a few scenes.
0: So Rumpel's pissed because his plan would have been much easier if everyone in the town was dead. His plan to sever himself from the dagger and take Belle and Henry out of Storybrooke.
1: Now, last episode, he told us that when the stars in the sky match the stars on the hat, as they will tonight, he can cleave himself from the dagger. He said that when he came up with the plan. He said that last episode. and He's, he's going to
0: say that like five times this episode.
1: This episode does not trust you to be paying attention to Rumple's plan.
0: It really doesn't. Also, it has way more faith in Anna than I think it should, because Rumple. Finds out that Anna and Elsa are stuck in the town, and he's like, ah, Anna could be trouble. She knows what the hat can do. She'll let everyone know what I'm up to. Which, does she?
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny. That I just accepted at face value when I was watching this episode. But all she knows is that it's a powerful magical artifact that traps magical people that Rumpel wanted. She doesn't know it can sever him from the dagger. She doesn't know... She does know the dagger is his weakness. But, yeah.
0: I mean, he turns out to be right because of course he is, but...
1: Well, maybe... I mean, maybe super strength is not on a superpower. Maybe on a superpower is jumping to...
0: He's jumping to unreasonably accurate conclusions?
1: Yes, that's what I wanted to say. Yes. She, She did it with Ingrid? She... She did it with her parents!
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay, Anna. Way to rock the, like, Xanth-specific power.
1: (laughs) I mean, if we assume that that is her superpower, not that it's said on this episode, but it's way more consistent and effective than, say, Emma's superpower.
0: Uh, So, uh, Rumpel is once more explaining, as he will do throughout this episode, that when those stars align and... When the stars in the sky align with the stars on the hat, then he's going to crush Hook's heart. And that'll make him severed from the dagger and give him magic in non-magic land. And then he's going to take Bell and rule over the people of Mundania like the cattle they are.
1: You know, maybe they should have had him explain what he was going to do one last time. And just once had him explain how severing himself from the dagger is going to let him go to the world without magic and keep his magic.
0: I think that it's the magic stored in the hat. F- yeah, I Yeah, see?
1: Know. Oh, right, right. I think earlier you're right. They did talk about how he was, like, collecting a lot of magical energy. But they also thought...
0: I, involved... I thought that was, yeah, to sever him from the...
1: Yeah. They're, oh, oh uh... I also have to say, because we keep saying sever, that the word he's using is cleave... And I forgot to bring this up the first time they said it, but I love the word cleave because it means both to attach and to separate. That is all.
0: Rumple has excellent cleavage. So, back in the flashback, Belle's poking around his house.
1: Yes, and this is a flashback to a time when she was serving him during their Beauty and the Beast plotline.
0: Presumably post the Robin Hood encounter...
1: But it's pre her finding out about his son, I think.
0: Yeah, because their sparks have been flying, but they're not at the romantic level they're going to reach later.
1: She is wearing the, this provincial town dress. I think this takes place during Belle's Enchanted Christmas. Oh,
0: God. Is the uh, Tim Curry pipe organ going to have a temper tantrum and try to, and try to destroy the dark castle?
1: No, see, I'm glad you said that because there is no pipe organ. Because this is a moment where she's looking through his curio cabinet where I would expect to see some cool Easter eggs, and there's nothing that I can see. It really just looks like they went through the prop department and pulled out the most mystical things they can find. There's like a Spartan helmet, and there's a Greek vase,
0: there's a sword.
1: There's a there's a Chinese dragon statue, which maybe is supposed to be a Mulan reference. But honestly, I really just think it's whatever was in the prop room.
0: Yeah. So, it's
1: disappointing, to be honest.
0: So Rumple has been at Camelot, which is setting up next season's plot.
1: Yep. Although I don't really know if they were setting it up or if they were... Or, if you know, he's just talking about Camelot, because why not?
0: Yeah. So Rumple's all like, hey, you haven't, like, done any cleaning while I was gone, and if you remember, that's the whole reason I have you here, other than for weird sex stuff, I guess. Okay, there's Although definitely no weird sex
1: stuff, yes. it's What's funny is she's a princess. She probably doesn't know a lot about cleaning.
0: As we can tell by the fact that there's apparently dust everywhere. It's a really big castle, and she's working by herself.
1: They don't bring up that she's a princess incidentally, in this episode at all. Mm. I think that they wanted to not make it too complicated if you hadn't seen the original Beauty and the Beast episode of Once Upon a Time.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Speaking of that original episode, though, Belle does hop up on the table and sit down to talk to him, which you will recall, you listeners will recall, I mentioned in the last Beauty and the Beast episode, I mentioned that when a woman sits on a thing that is not traditionally meant for sitting, it is flirtation.
0: I mean, she's down to clown, so to speak.
1: I mean, not always. Obviously, women are not a monolith, and also, like
0: sometimes there just aren't chairs.
1: And yeah, and also use your words and all that. I'm just saying, body language wise,
0: Bell's down to clown. Yeah. So she's like, I tell you everything about me, and you never share anything about yourself. Why don't you open up? And he's like, Why don't you clean my goddamn house?
1: You know what's funny? You know what she's doing here. She's doing Rachel Green's move.
0: Oh, yeah. When she goes on the date with Joey and she's like, her whole move is getting dudes to open up.
1: Yeah. She gets she gets dudes to talk about their past and their parents and feel vulnerable. And that's how, like, that's her move.
0: Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Why don't you clean this gauntlet that, you know, Gwendolyn Post came to Sunnydale to look for?
1: It is that. It's totally that. Also... Here, please take this MacGuffin that will point you towards someone's biggest weakness, the thing they love the most.
0: You know what I'm kind of surprised it isn't? What? Jack Sparrow's compass.
1: That is what that was supposed to be, isn't it? And that had already happened at this point, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean came out in, like, what, 2001?
1: Right, Hook is definitely modeled after Jack Sparrow. Yeah, that 100% should have been the compass that points towards the thing you love the most.
0: But nope, it's apparently something from, uh...
1: It's a gauntlet from... It's a gauntlet.
0: From Camelot.
1: That's weird, right?
0: Back in our time, Rumple wakes up, Belle, and she's like, Oh, is everyone dead? And he's like, Nope.
1: She's like, Oh, did I sleep through everything? And he's, Yep. And he's like, Hey, I'm gonna take you out of here on a honeymoon to a magical place called New York.
0: And she really doesn't have the follow-up question she should have here.
1: Uh, but also listen, listen Rumple. She's from an actual magical world, so maybe be a little more specific with your language. Mm.
0: I'm going to I'm going to take you to a place where actual stuff happens sometimes. Yeah.
1: And and this is a callback to the previous scene where she was telling Rumpel how she had never traveled, which, again, she was a princess. And not one of those locked-in-the-castle-never-leaving princesses like they have in Arendelle. Like, a princess who goes out and does diplomacy. So, what the hell? Anyway.
0: So, in Regina's tomb, uh, she's about to re-heart Marion.
1: Yeah, and she's holding Marion's heart, which is pure.
0: Yep, no black on that.
1: Not a... Speck of evil on that heart. This is definitely the heart of a hero and not a villain, to call back to the episode title.
0: And she just shoves that sucker back in.
1: Well, as they bring up later in this episode, it's like ripping off a band-aid. You just have to shove hard so that it doesn't, you know. Otherwise, it's just like a lingering pain.
0: And Marion's like, hey, I'm not dead. Neat. And... This leads me to believe that the later retcon- Everything Marion does in this episode leads me to believe that the later retcon was super not intended at all.
1: Yeah, she wakes up, she's not disoriented at all. She immediately knows that she is Marion and she's in love with Robin and happy to be alive. Also, unrelated to that, Regina looks so good in this episode.
0: She does, she's got this, like, royal blue blazer and- she's just bringing it right now also
1: her hair and makeup are just perfect i was i was doodling pictures of her in my notebook and writing in scrolls around it fairest of them all
0: so we cut from her rehearting marion and marion embracing robin to regina sitting in this really well composed shot where she's sitting at the end of the counter we're positioned at the other end of the counter, and she's just sort of in the corner. I don't know. I just, I love the way this shot is framed.
1: Yeah, it really, it really emphasizes her loneliness and her solitude. And also it reminds us that the main bar that our characters drink at is Granny's Diner, which is weird. Yes, weird. it is. Although I guess if I was Regina and I was designing a town, I would have the diner serve shots.
0: I think we discussed how basically everywhere in Storybrooke probably serves alcohol, right?
1: Right. I mean...
0: She could be getting smashed at the White Rabbit right now.
1: Nope. She went to Granny's.
0: So Regina is talking about how... It's weird because the door opens and Regina says, Please, I'd rather be alone This is a restaurant. There are other people here. Why would you assume it's about you?
1: I think she sensed that Marion was coming up behind her, which is what happened. I think she felt her presence behind her. And it's Marion.
0: And Marion is being super fucking cool right now.
1: Yeah, Marion's like, look, I don't want my husband to stay with me out of obligation. If he's in love with you, he's in love with you, and I'm going to let him go.
0: Like, it sucks, but I'm going to deal with it. And you know what? It's fine. Like...
1: I mean, it's not fine, but it is what it is. We're going to be in a weird co-parenting situation. I understand you're no stranger to those.
0: (laughs) She says, if his heart leads him to me, I'll be happy. But I don't think it's going to, and that's okay too.
1: I also want to point out that she thanks Regina for saving her life twice, twice,
0: which does make up for the fact that Regina only killed her once. I
1: was going to say she's a better person than I am, because I might have pointed out how we wouldn't have been in this mess at all if she hadn't killed Marion the first time.
0: OK, so Rumple and Hook are following the stupid marching broom because that had to come back. Yep. Yep. And they're at the sorcerer's mansion.
1: Yeah, the mansion at the edge of town. That we've established is the Sorcerer's Mansion. It's also the mansion where Rumble took Belle right after they got married. And it's the place where he brought the hat to try to steal Emma's magic. And uh, the walking broom makes that door appear. The door from before.
0: Yeah, the door that the Sorcerer's Apprentice used to bring Ingrid to Boston. Except the walking broom just sort of made it appear in the sorcerer's house, because... The
1: door to Arendelle was inside you the whole time!
0: Ugh, God.
1: The door out of this plot was inside anyone, always.
0: Okay, you know how I hate the Inhumans?
1: I actually didn't know that you hated the Inhumans.
0: Yeah, I hate the Inhumans. Okay, go ahead. The only thing this made me think of is, uh... One of the people who went through the Terrigen mists came out the other side as a door that could open to anywhere. What? Yeah.
1: A guy turned into a door? Yeah. Like, could he turn from a humanoid into a door? No,
0: he was a door all the time.
1: Could he move?
0: No, he was a door.
1: What was he a door to?
0: Anywhere. That anywhere was his that, power.
1: Anywhere that he wanted to be a door to, or anywhere that the people who were carrying him around wanted to be him to be to?
0: Well, he was sentient, so presumably he could control wherever he went to, and he just chose to bring people to wherever they wanted to go, except when they didn't use him because they had a teleporting dog that's way more useful for that sort of thing. So, not only was this guy stuck as a door, he's a door that nobody wants to use because they'd rather be with the teleporting dog.
1: Could he communicate?
0: I think he could talk. Again, I haven't read a lot of Inhumans because I don't like them very much, but...
1: Did he have a face? Did he have a knocker that turned into a face like in Christmas Carol?
0: No, I think there was like a little... I think he had a face, but it was like as a ball thing on top of the door.
1: How big was he? Like, like a rose and a jack or just a rose sized?
0: So anyway...
1: So Once Upon a Time owns Marvel at this point. Yeah. So is that door that guy?
0: <laughs> Could be. Because
1: it goes to Arendelle, but we'll see later it goes other places too. Back in Gold's shop, Belle is just packing up for her trip to the magical city of New York.
0: Do you think she bought any of her own clothes at some point, or has she just been wearing clothes from Rumble shop? Because she's had some super cute outfits, but she's certainly not wearing one now.
1: She is not. She is... No, she's not. Whatever... Whatever transformation the costume department has been doing on her, like, to create a story in the background, there are bad things going on now because the outfit she's wearing now is terrible and it's got, like, ticky-tacky on the collar. I hate it.
0: Yeah, it's it's an outfit that seems like it should work, but it doesn't. And her hair is doing this weird—I don't know what her hair is doing. It's weird. She
1: looks like your older aunt.
0: She looks like a governess of a school that is not doing well.
1: Ooh, that's descriptive. Anyway, Henry comes in and Henry calls her grandma, which Henry's just us at this point, right? Where he's making (laughs) fun of the weird familial connections in this show.
0: Yeah. Although, Belle, unlike David, who just looks visibly uncomfortable whenever Henry calls him grandpa, Belle's like, why don't you just call me Belle? Yeah. Yeah. So Henry fills in Belle with the whole, there's, you know, a magic barrier around the town and anyone who leaves can't come back, so maybe the honeymoon thing isn't a good idea.
1: And she's like, I'm sure rumple has got it figured out.
0: Which, I mean, honestly, probably. Like, if Rumple put his mind to it, he could probably break that spell, like, you know.
1: Well, what I love is that Henry immediately pulls out his Once Upon a Time book. Mm. And... He's setting up the next season telling her what he was trying to do to find the author and that he wants to give his mother a happy ending. But when Belle said that and he pulled it out and says this has all of our stories in it, I swear I thought he was going to tell her. And Rumpel is lying to you literally in all of them. Why do you keep falling for it?
0: I like how he's like, I'm looking for the author because... I want my mom's story to have a happy ending. Like, all that happens in here is bad stuff to her. And Paul's like, oh, but she's changed. I'm sure she'll have a happy ending now. And I'm like, you're really, really quick on the forgiveness train, considering she locked you in an insane asylum for, like, 30 years.
1: Yeah, that's true. Huh.
0: Anyway, Henry's trying to be a good kid and helping her with the bags, which, nice. Yeah. But (laughs) he accidentally knocks the gauntlet on the floor. That was really...
1: Well, she, he he was trying to reach a suitcase that was on a high shelf underneath a bunch of crap. And he was trying to, like, pull it out without moving all the crap, which, yeah, I get it. I've been there. Mm. But he knocks all the crap over. And one of the things is the gauntlet. And Belle is, like, immediately suspicious.
0: Yeah, she's like, I didn't think I'd see this here. Which, for reasons, we'll find out later in the episode.
1: Yes. Cut back to the flashback.
0: Why do you collect so many objects, Rumple? Do you have a hole in your heart? This week on Hoarders. But he's like, I don't have a hole in my heart, but I do have some dirty laundry. And he bamps her to the laundry line. You can clean that with magic, dude.
1: He bamps her to the clothesline, and the majority <laughs> of his clothes are already hung up on the clothesline. She's literally just moving clothespins around for show.
0: Okay, so Belle is lucky she's not from our world because she would have immediately been abducted by a dude in a white van. Like... A puppy comes up to her and she's like, oh, a puppy, I better follow you into the woods.
1: Okay, is it adorable puppy? I would, I'm not saying I wouldn't follow it.
0: This has trap written all over it.
1: Um, I do have to say though, I don't know what's going on with her outfit, but there is a lot of cleavage happening with her outfit.
0: Yeah, I don't really usually think of...
1: She's not a cleavage character.
0: Not normally, but jeez, I mean... the
1: actress- Pregnant in real life when they were filming this because...
0: Oh.
1: Huh. Like, they're not showing a lot of her body, and, I mean, there's still a lot of boob going on.
0: There is a lot of boob going on, which, I mean, good for her. Well, I, know, I This mean... is just normally Lana Perea's territory. But it's weird because she's wearing a cloak that's very concealing except for her cleavage.
1: What was happening?
0: Once upon a... Okay, so Belle's being lured into the woods by, uh, with a puppy because a- apparently...
1: Dalmatian puppy.
0: Ooh. Because apparently they don't have those, uh, stranger danger videos in the Enchanted Forest.
1: Well, yeah. Also, she's a princess. She's never, she's literally never been in danger. Other than that time that ogres came and killed her whole family. Well, her mom. The part of her family that's any good. Her dad sucks. He tried to have her sent over the town line because he didn't like her boyfriend. Actually- And listen, her boyfriend was not good. I don't like him either. But that's not how you're supportive of people in bad relationships.
0: Actually, now that I think about it, Snow got caught on a runaway horse as a little princess. And Ingrid and her uh, two sisters almost got abducted. So there's just no stranger danger at all for princesses in the Enchanted Forest. I, I, like, I counted that horse as a stranger.
1: Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right.
0: Just everyone straight up abducting princesses all willy-nilly.
1: Okay. Let's talk about what's happening now in present day Storybrooke, which is Hook being puppeted by Rumpel coming in to tell everyone that he found the portal to Arendelle and talking in the way that Rumpel thinks Hook talks. It's actually a really subtle bit of writing.
0: Yeah, I would compare it to one of my favorite scenes in Buffy, uh, Doppelgangland.
1: Oh right, when regular Willow is tra- is impersonating Vampire Willow,
0: and Vampire Willow has to impersonate Regular Willow. Yes. So anyway, uh, Hook comes in and he's like, uh, "Rumpel found a. Uh, I'm sorry, Mister Gold found a magic door back to Arendelle in this house, in uh, the you know the house that he took you to that one time he was going to suck out your powers. He found a magic door there. Y'all should check it out." I'm definitely not being mind-controlled. And I was like, really? Because you kind of seem like you're being mind-controlled. And he does the, like,
1: get out thing where he, like, grips her wrist yeah. and tries to, like, get a message to her. But anyway, doesn't work.
0: So Rumple, back in the flashback, Rumple goes to check on his laundry. And Belle has been slacking on the job.
1: Yep. His laundry is still, I don't know, it's still hanging on the
0: clotheslines.
1: But Belle is gone.
0: So a bird drops something at him, not poop, but a message. It's a little hologram
1: inside of a sand dollar, which we saw before in the episode where he sent the sand dollar with Ariel to deliver a message to Belle. And there it made sense because Ariel's a mermaid, but now he's in the middle of the woods and a crow is dropping a sand dollar on him. And I think this show has completely lost the thread of what it was doing.
0: Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Literally this scene yes a little hologram of bell pops out and she's like help me rumple i have been abducted and they want that gauntlet from camelot and that they f-
1: conveniently you were telling me all about
0: yep and if you don't bring it to this one place they're gonna i don't know kill me or whatever and rumple's like oh, god damn it i can't leave her alone for 10 fucking seconds
1: well, and he yells at the bird. He's like, I know where you came from.
0: Tell your master I know who she is. And she's just crossed a line. It's Maleficent.
1: Well, and it makes sense that it's Maleficent because Maleficent does, in fact, have crows. But it's weird because in this show, usually when we hear a crow caw, it's indicating that Regina is somewhere doing something evil.
0: Yes, seriously. So back in Storybrooke, Maid Marion is playing with the cutest child ever.
1: Yes. Thank God Roland survived the Spell of Shattered Sight.
0: Did you think he beat up Will Scarlet before Will Scarlet went to
1: <laughs> I would like to think that's what happened.
0: Cause Will was supposed to be looking after him, which is stupid because that's not how the Curse of Shattered site worked, but apparently he abandoned him to go fight Hook.
1: Sure, what not?
0: Anyway, so Maid Marion's playing with uh, Roland and Regina's talking about her relationship with Robin on a bench a little ways away.
1: And Robin's like, I chew-choo-choose choo, you, and Regina's like, don't you think your son is going to think that I'm a dirty whore if you leave your wife for me?
0: And he's like, nah, kids are stupid.
1: Kids bounce back. It's fine. They're flexible.
0: And he holds out the picture of the two of them making out. He's like, hey, want to make fiction become reality?
1: Yep. But then Marion...
0: She has to go and ruin it all by doing something stupid like dropping dead.
1: Yeah, apparently here's another example of some of Ingrid's spells lingering. Like, she was better, but now she's got the frozen heart again? I don't
0: know. Yeah.
1: Also, this time it's definitely reached her heart. I don't know how they know that, but it's definitely reached her heart and she's doomed.
0: I like how Regina seems more frustrated than anything else by this. She's like, oh, well, I guess it's reached her heart. The only way to save her is to bring her to the world without magic, and then she'll be fine. They're having this discussion, like, a few feet away from uh, Marion's slowly cooling body, while Roland is just sitting there poking her.
1: (laughs) Well, okay, to be fair to Regina, like, they need to figure out what to do right now, because she is about to die. She's got to go over the town line.
0: (laughs) I think it's a little weird that they're just letting Roland poke his...
1: Eh, it's fine. He grew up with the Merry Men in the middle of the forest. He's seen worse. Anyway, they realize that the only way to save Marion is to send her over the town line, but... Because also... in a
0: world without magic, the spell that's killing her won't exist, although presumably she'd have other issues from, you know, the amount of ice that's lodged in her, uh...
1: Well, ras- it's magic ice. It'll just disappear. In fact, any spells on her should just Disappear. Be they curses or charms or glamours, they should all just disappear when she goes into a world without magic. This fucking plot line! I just I can't even with this fucking plot line. But basically, yeah, she's got to go over the town line. She can't go alone. So Regina has lost Robin just when she had him. So they all go into the town line, and Rumple shows up to have a
0: heart to heart with Regina.
1: Sure, heart to heart. So. Cold black heart to cold black heart with Regina.
0: And he tells her that, she's, that he's about to leave town too.
1: And she tells him that the theme of this season is that villains don't get happy endings.
0: But somehow he managed to get one.
1: And he's like, yeah, that's because I fucking go for it. If you just let her die, you would be having your happy ending right now too.
0: And she's like, You don't really sound very reformed. And he's like, I didn't reform, I evolved. You just He's
1: reached his final form.
0: I I kinda of, I really like this scene because it sort of speaks to a deeper relationship that's developed between Regina and Rumpel.
1: hmm
0: Where she talks about how she honestly never really believed in Henry's mission. Like he points out, he knew what Henry was up to the whole time. And he's like, it was weird that you put him up to then. She's like, I, I didn't really believe in this. It was, it was for Henry's benefit. I don't think that I can have this happy ending. And he's like, you can, and I want you to, you just have to be more ruthless
1: He's being a mentor to her again, the way he always has been.
0: Except this time it's more genuine. Yeah. This time, he, and she she talks about it. She's like, I can't believe that you, this is something you want from me. And he's all, I do. Like, it might be hard for you to believe, but, like, I actually want you to find this. I want you to find this happiness. And... You're not going to do that by acting good. Acting good doesn't get you happiness.
1: No, what gets you happiness is taking what you want, being in charge, and then declaring after the fact that you were good, because if you weren't good, why would you be in charge now? That's how the Charmings do it.
0: Solid point.
1: I mean, that's not the point he makes, but fuck, that is what the Charmings do.
0: And he also has a thing where he's like, you have to take charge. There's no author... I'm the one who's in charge of my destiny.
1: Which is funny, because of course there is.
0: Yep, and of course he's not.
1: Well, and not only is there an author, I mean, this season's going to get a little... Meta? Yeah.
0: So I kind of like how basically no one showed up, like five Merry Men, and everyone was just sitting waiting for Regina to finish the conversation she was having with Mr. Gold in the car. Yeah,
1: Marion is dying over on this side of the town line while she has her conversation with Rumpel that honestly can wait until this is over.
0: Also, Marion's conscious now, so, because, eh.
1: Well, yeah, I don't know.
0: She's going all rogue, though. She's got a white streak in her hair.
1: She does.
0: And she's like... You're doing me a real solid, bro. And she gives Regina a thumbs up. And Regina gives her like a little awkward wave as she passes over. And she's fine. There's no white streak in her hair. And they got the zombie makeup off her.
1: She walks across the town line and is instantly healed. And turns around and, of course, does not see the town behind her. And then they do a thing where Robin is crossing the town line. But he's holding Regina's hand. And then their hands kind of spark as he... Exits the town line, and oh, it's so sad, and oh, you can do so much better, Regina. Their kiss is, like, the least chemistry thing ever. Yeah. Negative chemistry between these two. Like, I had to write a note on my hand while I was watching this episode that said, Remember, you're supposed to be rooting for her to get together with Robin. Otherwise, I'd have been so confused about what was going on in these scenes.
0: So he goes over the town line, and he scoops up the most adorable child on earth, and he kind of waves to nothing, and Regina's like, "Uh, Yep. Well, that's over. Bye!
1: Regina watches her happy ending walk away with his wife, and then she tears up that page from the book because fuck that.
0: Yeah, which, yeah, I mean, your happy ending shouldn't be a dude.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, that's a whole other story. No pun intended. Back in the flashback, the most amazing thing ever is happening. Rumble shows up to this cliff face where Belle is being held hostage. And the crow that he was following reconstitutes itself as Maleficent.
0: A whole flock of crows, a murder of crows surround it and they constitute a woman form who turns into Maleficent. It is one of the cooler teleports we've seen in this show.
1: Yeah, teleporting by crow... Probably not comfortable. Probably not sanitary. Super cool. Super cool. And then Rumpel's all mad that they tried to kidnap Belle. And so he starts to force choke out Maleficent. And Maleficent's like, you think I'd come at you alone?
0: Well, Maleficent pulls a uh, Professor X from X-Men Apocalypse. Uh, This is why you're going to lose. You are alone and I am not. yes. Except instead of Jean Grey wielding the first good take on the Phoenix Force in film, we've got Ursula's weird sex tentacles.
1: Yeah, Ursula comes out and her tentacles just wrap around Belle and start choking the life out of her.
0: Okay, I call them sex tentacles. I guess they're regular tentacles, but they are coming All out. All
1: tentacles are sex tentacles.
0: They're coming out of her skirt. It's Yeah,
1: because she's Ursula the Sea Witch. That's where Ursula's tentacles are.
0: Then she should have like a tentacle dress or something. It's just weird to have her like. She has a skirt that has two open that has openings for her tentacles to come out. It's weird. It's looking. weird
1: that she's only got two. That's weird. Mm. And then, and then,
0: Cruella Deville.
1: That doesn't even totally fit, and I don't care. I love it so much. I don't even care how totally awkward it is that this. Harris, this evil heiress from the 40s is showing up. 20s, 30s? What is she from? I yeah. don't know.
0: She's definitely not from the same country the rest of these people are. Because everyone else although is... she,
1: Although she clearly gets her terrible wigs from the same place David does.
0: Ugh. Okay, so Cruella Deville and Ursula have teamed up with Maleficent.
1: When she comes out, Rumple says, "Oh, I thought I, I caught a whiff of desperation and gin, which caused me to Google whether or not gin existed in medieval times." And guys, I'm here to tell you, it actually did. Huh. This is actually not inaccurate.
0: Let me spoiler alert, but Corella's from a different realm oh, perpetually 1920s, 30s, 40s realm. I want to know why she's like, hey, you know where it would be a fun place to end up? Medieval land.
1: It doesn't make any sense. And mm. I love it so much. You know, Cruella de Vil is probably the greatest pure villain that we get on this show.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. So the thing is, she's literally the opposite of what Once Upon a Time usually does. Once Upon a Time usually has an... Really interesting, creative concept. You know, it's got great the great bones of a story, but then it flops in its execution. Cruella Deville is the complete opposite. Like, the concept behind this character within Once Upon a Time's lore is terrible conceptually. This is the worst thing, but somehow. Somehow, the execution on her is pitch-fucking-perfect.
1: I'm so glad we get Cruella this season.
0: She is, like, one of the best things the show ever does.
1: She says to Rumple, Should I get you a step stool so that you can look me in the eyes when you threaten me?
0: God, I love her so much. And he's like, I don't need to threaten you. I'm incredibly powerful and they've already murdered Maleficent twice on this show.
1: It is a little weird.
0: Oh, and we're on our third Ursula now.
1: We are on our third Ursula. If you count Regina pretending to be Ursula, Ursula the actual sea goddess showing up to yell at Regina for pretending to be Ursula, and this Ursula who is actually a mermaid who was named for the sea goddess Ursula, but is also the Ursula from the Little Mermaid story. Mm. Did I did I get all those right?
0: Yes. Uh, Anyway, Rumpel's like, I could really easily kill all of you. And Ursula's like, yeah, but not before I crush this chick to death.
1: And clearly you're into this chick.
0: So he tosses them the gauntlet. They all bamf away.
1: And you can tell that for Belle, this is a really important moment. Because the gauntlet, not as much as the dagger, but, you know, close represents power, and Rumple willingly gave up power to save her. So you can tell that her brain is kind of turning, and she's realizing, oh, hey.
0: Well, she's like, you do care about me. And he's like, uh, no, I don't, like, like you or anything, but they're... if anyone's going to kill you, it's going to be me. Mm-hmm.
1: And she's all like, "Huh. <sighs> I think there might be something there that wasn't there before. Uh... That's their song, right? Yeah. Anyway, in the present... Rumpel is explaining, once again, that the stars are about to match the stars in the hat. And
0: once the stars on the, once the stars in the sky match the stars on the hat, as soon as he crushes Hook's heart, then that'll sever his bond from the uh, dagger.
1: dagger. And then somehow that will allow him to leave the town without losing his magic. Anyway, in the sorcerer's castle, they find the door, and it's got Arendelle glyphs on it, Arendelle crocuses. So they're like, okay, well, that must be it then.
0: Yeah, crocuses, errand crocuses. And Emma's like, maybe I should open it. And Elsa's like, no, it's time for me to have my Wizard of Oz goodbyes. Emma, I'll miss you most of all. Fuck the rest of you.
1: Seriously, though, Anna's like, Emma, thank you so much for taking care of my sister. You, Emma, are the best person that I've met. And I'm so glad to know you. And I'm so grateful to you. And Mary Margaret's like... No problem. It's what I do.
0: It's and, our pleasure. And
1: I really think that's the only thing Mary Margaret says in this entire episode. Oh, the God. only thing Mary Margaret does all episode is, like, jump in and scoop up the thanks that are intended for Emma. It made me laugh.
0: So Anna's like, I can't wait to get back and kick Hans's ass and Kristoff is like, and get married to me. And she's like, Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, she's way looking forward to beating that guy's ass so much more than she wants to marry Kristoff.
0: Meanwhile, Elsa's holding uh, Emma's hands, and she's like, Emma, I can never repay you. You've done so much for me, and I just... And she does kind of a kiss lean, but then it turns into a hug.
1: So close. So close. Hashtag give Elsa a girlfriend.
0: As they're about to go through... uh,
1: (laughs) was like, wait, before I go, just in case I can screw things up a little bit, who was Mr. Gold?
0: And they're like, oh, he's actually Rumpelstiltskin. And, he, and Anna's like, wait, you mean that guy who has that hat that's got stars in it? And when the stars in the sky match the stars in the hat, he can crush a guy with the hook's heart in order to uh, sever himself from the magic dagger that controls him and somehow have magic in the world without magic? And I was like, wait, what?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happens. Oh, What's funny here is that Rumple went to all that trouble to make that door and send them out there. So that Anna wouldn't, didn't blow up his space. But that's actually not what blows up his space. Back in the bell tower, he does some magic with the hat. And the CGI is actually really cool where he like...
0: Oh, s- it's so pretty here. He
1: sends it up into the sky and it like explodes out. And then it's like, you can see it matching the sky. It's really pretty.
0: Uh, but then Emma and Snow show up to save the day.
1: And he's like, good, I literally have Hook's heart in my hand. I can order him to kill you and or you can watch me crush the heart. Like, you have no advantage here. And then he goes to crush the heart and he can't because Belle is fucking standing there with the dagger like a superhero ordering him not to.
0: Yeah. And she's like, God damn it. I just realized this relationship is super fucking toxic. Drop the goddamn heart.
1: And Hook reaches out and catches the heart when he drops it, but I really expected it to fall and shatter. I don't know why. I know <laughs> that's not what happens.
0: You know, he's in like the rest of the show.
1: I know, and he's in. The, yeah, I know it does, I know that's not how it goes. But just the way he dropped it, I was like, oh, that
0: heart's gone. Anyway, I don't think hearts would shatter so much as
1: yeah, they're not iPhones.
0: Uh, Rumple is under Belle's control, and the cool CGI effect gets sucked back into the hat. And Belle's like, okay, now you're going to take over. You're going to take me and you to the town line because we need to have a serious talk.
1: Yeah. And she is looking super dark right now. All of this Belle is turning into Lacey in the background stuff that we've been seeing is definitely paying off. She is steely and determined
0: right now. And it's great. He's like, put down the dagger and let me explain. She's like, no, I'm going to talk. You've been manipulating me. You've been doing some incredibly fucked up stuff. And, you know, I've been suffering under this delusion that under all of this, somewhere there's a good person and there's not.
1: That's what we kept telling her. There's no good guy there that you're going to bring out. When she found the gauntlet, she realized that their origin story in her head included him giving up this tiny piece of power for her. But if he still had it, that's not what really happened. So she used the gauntlet to take her to the thing Rumpel loved the most. And it was not her. It was the dagger. The real dagger.
0: Which, good, it's about time his playing switcheroo with the dagger came back to bite him in the ass.
1: I know, that was completely unnecessary. So she uses the dagger and orders him to cross the town line. Even though that means that he will lose his magic and never be able to come back.
0: Uh, Well,
1: I mean, whatever. Anyway, I just feel like this would have been the perfect ending to the Belle-Rumple relationship. Yeah. Belle realizes that she's not going to save him. She finds her inner Lacey.
0: And, you know, it's good. And she sort of confronts, like, there's this weird reflection of her thing... There's this weird. There's a reflection of the thing Maid Marion said earlier in the episode, where she was like, "I want Robin to choose me. I don't want him to settle for me." And Belle has sort of a reflection of that, where she's like, "I wanted you to choose me."
1: Well, she also says that she lost herself trying to save him. Like she, cu- she was cutting away pieces of herself trying to find the good man that he was, and. That never works. Like, all of this emotional labor she was doing, and all he was doing was sucking her dry. I feel like that's such an important lesson for so many toxic relationships that you see in real life. And it's definitely what was happening with Belle. And everything that happens with the two of them after this is a betrayal of this ending. It's like season nine of Scrubs.
0: Yeah, I don't think they just bulldoze hospitals to create medical schools.
1: Let me ask you a question. Have you been to medical school?
0: You got me there. Okay, so back in Arendelle...
1: Everything has wrapped up off screen.
0: Yep. Elsa's looking at a portrait of Ingrid and Gerda and Olga.
1: It's weird because the portrait is a realistic portrait, even though the art style that we saw in Frozen was more of a medieval tapestry style of artwork. And all of the rest of the artwork that we see in the room in this scene is of that style. So the portrait doesn't match the time period of the rest of the art that we see in this scene.
0: So Anna's like, boy, it sure is lucky that we managed to kick out Hans and his 12 brothers and now I'm marrying Kristoff and that's the end of everyone's story, right? And Elsa's like, that is the end of everyone's story.
1: And then they do a thing where they're like chocolate remember that part of the movie
0: yeah and it's like the exact same tone and they do the exact same like physical movements so
1: honestly i don't want to talk about this at the end because we're not on that chapter anymore but
0: well we i think we should just to finish it out
1: okay okay
0: so uh the two of them hold hands as they go to get married i mean as they go to watch anna get married Well,
1: Elsa's going to give her away
0: because their parents are like super corpselicious
1: Yes. Also, it was nice because they zoomed in on their hands to emphasize the fact that Elsa is not wearing gloves anymore because she has her powers under control now.
0: Of course, Anna is wearing gloves.
1: That's because so. she's getting married and she has to cover up her hands, which are all bruised from beating the shit out of Hans.
0: Boy, that would have been fun to see, right?
1: Yeah. Honestly, you know, sometimes we say weird stuff when we're recording. That's what's established in the dialogue. She's wearing gloves because her hands are beat up from beating up Hans.
0: So... Emma shoves uh, Hook's heart back into his chest and then they make out a little bit. And then she goes to see her actual uh, love interest.
1: Who's sitting at her spot at the bar at Granny's again.
0: When Emma comes up, she's like, I'm not really looking for a hope speech. And And she's like,
1: were you looking for whiskey?
0: Yeah, Emma's like, you're thinking of my mother. I'm here to get drunk with you.
1: Yep. And then she's all like, you did the right thing.
0: Yeah, and Regina's all... I I said I didn't want a hope speech, and Emma's like, that wasn't a hope speech. That was a compliment.
1: Regina doesn't even know what a compliment is because everyone's always so mean to her. Just because she was an evil witch queen who tried to kill
0: everyone. I did kill a lot of people. Most of them didn't have names, whatever. So... They're about to get drunk together when Henry comes up and he's like, Mom, Mom, I've got something to show you. And I'm like, maybe you should give one of them a different nickname. No, it's adorable.
1: It's adorable that he comes up and calls them both Mom. Mom, Mom.
0: So apparently he's been messing around the sorcerer's mansion.
1: Yeah, he found a secret passageway, which opens by pulling on a sconce.
0: Do you think he was just pulling on all of the sconces? Yes,
1: yes I do. And you know why? Because he's a gamer. Oh, yeah. Henry is a gamer, so when he found a magical house, he just went through and he, like, checked every bookcase and pulled every sconce until he found The Secret Passageway. It totally tracks.
0: And The Secret Passageway has a collection of books, like Henry's book, but they're blank. Yes. These are the books that the writer
1: writes in.
0: These are the books the author authorizes. Yes. So... This is a big step, but it also doesn't really uh, change anything.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're like, so this is the author's house. That means what? Because you haven't seen anybody in this house.
0: I do like how they fill Emma in on the plan. They're like, oh, we're going to find the person who wrote the book and we're going to kick the crap out of him until he, you know, gives Regina a happy ending. And she's like, cool, I'm all in for that.
1: Yeah, Emma... Absolutely wants to give Regina a happy ending.
0: She even likes the name. She's like, oh, Operation Mongoose. I get I see what you did there. Yeah. Cool.
1: Yep. She's on board. I'm I'm so glad that Hook and Robin are out of the way now, so it can just be the three of them. A happy family.
0: Yeah. And then it it ends on Emma and Regina sort of gazing into each other's eyes and they start to move slowly closer and then God damn it there's another scene.
1: Ugh. I mean yes, but this next scene's pretty cool too. Six weeks later.
0: In, in New York. Yeah. So, Rumples off a bus. We can see him using his cane, which I don't remember him having. Gosh, also, did he have money? I guess he probably had a bank account, but...
1: No, I think he had to... It's been six weeks. I think he had to start from scratch, and he figured it out, because he's Rumpelstiltskin. It's what he does.
0: So, it cuts between him in New York and him talking to... The three witches, the three,
1: the trio, let's call them the
0: trio, the trio, we'll call them the trio. He has a name for them, which sets up what the next season's going to be called, where he talks about how they think they're smart. They think that they're better than him, but they're not. He's always going to win. And they're like, no, you're not. You're a villain like us and villains don't win. We have a plan to make it so villains will win. And he's like, obviously you underestimate me.
1: I just want to point out that he takes the gauntlet back from them in the flashback and they argue that they had a deal and he's breaking the deal. And he argues that kidnapping someone and holding them for ransom is not making a deal, which I only bring up because Rumpel is 100% correct about that. That is not a deal, but Snow and David would respect that deal. Like going along with that stupid coercion is not heroic, but in the morality of this show, it's presented as though it would be.
0: Snow and David were barely in this episode. Let's not talk about them. <laughs>
1: okay, fair enough. Anyway, we're cut in between that and in New York City, Rumple has arrived at the aquarium.
0: Yeah, back in the flashback, he says that he's not going to join you, Queens of Darkness. He's going to make his own destiny. But in New York. At the aquarium, he encounters someone we know.
1: Yes, Ursula is there feeding the fish.
0: And She's like, if you're still hungry, you should just eat each other. And he's like, I heard cannibalism is frowned upon in the aquatic world. Is it? And she's like, do you not know how fish work? I mean, but basically the point of this is that Rumpel's like, okay, I'm going to join your coven. We're going to pick up the other two. That's going to be the triumphant for uh, for the next story arc.
1: Yes. The Queens of Darkness. Although, yeah, I like the trio. We should stick with calling them the trio.
0: All right, so we don't have segments yet. We're going to think on that real hard.
1: Yeah, so by the time we have our first real episode of this season, which will be Chapter 2, we will also have our segments. But
0: But for now, we should wrap up the segments from uh, the last story arc.
1: Oh, really? Do you want to talk about things that are stolen directly from Frozen?
0: Yep, and that's going to be them going... Mmm, chocolate.
1: I feel like you wanted me to do that with you, but it's so embarrassing to watch them do it. Oh my god. It's embarrassing when they're cartoons. It's even worse when it's live action. It's cringingly embarrassing.
0: Yeah, uh, although it is like shot for shot, that scene. They do the, like, the framing is the same, the expressions are the same.
1: I mean, I can admire that it's well done.
0: Well, well done.
1: If the goal is to recreate it exactly, yes, it's well done.
0: They succeeded in their intended goal.
1: <laughs> Let's talk about clothes.
0: Okay, what was up with Bell this episode?
1: Ooh, not a good look for Bell.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm sticking with my uh, matron of a boarding school that is not doing well. Yeah, like
1: I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick with your not cool aunt. Oh, you know what? Melissa McCarthy at the beginning of the movie.
0: Ooh, Oh, that's good. That's good.
1: I am so excited that Cruella de Vil is here.
0: Her <laughs> and her terrible, terrible wig.
1: Okay, I mean, we don't do worst hair anymore, but if we did, it would be Cruella. The wig is terrible. I mean, we talked about Elsa's Party City costume last season. Literally, this is like a Party City wig yeah i was trying to think what the wig would be called at party city like
0: unfriendly dog lady
1: yeah dog hater like it's it's terrible anyway it doesn't matter though because she's wearing a sparkly black dress and that white fur coat and the cigarette holder you know i don't care about anything else
0: she's got a real flapper aesthetic
1: she does It's funny how last season we kind of got annoyed with Elsa for her outfit being exactly what she wore in the movie. And now Cruella Deville shows up wearing exactly what she wore in the movie, and I'm here for it!
0: And also, like Elsa, it's completely out of place in the place where she is.
1: It's like, I don't even care! I'm so in love with it! Also, as long as we're talking about it, Ursula was wearing a really great headpiece. It was like the Scarlet Witch's headpiece, except green and not stupid.
0: Okay, see, I have a hard time calling Wanda's headpiece stupid because she used to have the, uh, wimple. And that was just so much worse. You can't get worse than a wimple.
1: Comics have done a real number on you as far as changing your expectations.
0: (laughs) The headpiece at least seems like something that's vaguely plausible. Especially considering she uses magic. Okay. But, uh, yeah, no, Ursula's outfit was really good, and... Who's the actress who plays Ursula? Because she's uh, she, she's from she's Sheila from Better Off Ted, right?
1: That is correct. She is Sheila from Better Off Ted. Um, I looked up her name earlier today, and now I don't remember what it is. So I'm going to look it up again.
0: It's, it's kind of funny. She's playing a real, like, Ursula is a really different character than Sheila from Better Off Ted.
1: I know. Anyway, her um, name is uh, Marin Dungey. I think that does it for us for this week.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think we might have <laughs> talked this to death. We're, we're, we're hitting the ridiculous mark. <laughs> We've gone an hour over how long the show is. Less once this has been edited, but...
1: I know, you know, we actually, this isn't bad for us. This show is listener-supported. If you would like to help support this show, you can do that on our Patreon page. You can find that page at our website, ilovetelevisionzines.com, where you can also find past episodes. We would like to thank our $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Cassidy, Alec, Alex, Alicia, and Ryan.
0: If you'd like to support the show in other ways, please help us out by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. It helps other people find the show.
1: If you want to talk about this episode, you can head over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash ilovetelevisionzines.
0: If you have a question or comment, send us an email at ilovetelevisionzines at gmail.com or tweet at us at ilovetelevisionzines.
1: Uh, so until next time. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And this has been Welcome Storybook, book six. Ooh. We'll i